Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the Gospel of John. We have uh, just finished chapter 7 here in our previous session. Uh, at the end of chapter 7, uh, they had each, you know, the Pharisees had uh, basically tried to have Jesus arrested, the, the chief priests and Pharisees, but the guards, the temple guards, had not done so. And they kind of fussed at him, and it was the end of the evening from the, the way this reads. And uh, in verse uh, 53 of chapter 7, it says, They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, which was normally what he did. Um, he would go to the Mount of Olives, you know, from, from the temple, and then come back the next day. So we've, we've seen this already in the, in the other Gospels, that that's what he would do a lot of times. So here we have in chapter 8, um, picking up at verse 2, actually, because verse 1 says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. So early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, of course they brought her in. They were trying to basically trick him or trap him. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This is this they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. You know, either that or they would be able to invalidate him. In some way they would be able to spin this negatively against him was the idea. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground, and as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. I'm sorry, let me read that again. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. I've often wondered, and theres I guess there's no way to be sure, but what was Jesus writing on the ground? Was he writing, you know, the various different sins that any of them probably were guilty of, had probably committed? You know, um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Or did he write something else that would have meant something to them from the law? Anyway, that's one of those little things that's not revealed. Uh, Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and, fr and from now on, sin no more. And that's because Jesus did not come to condemn us. He came to save us. And just as he saved this woman here from those guys who were judging, who were ready to judge and, and act out, you know, her sentence and, and get rid of her right there, you know. Um, but Jesus actually stood up for her and basically convinced them that they were no better than her and when you when we look at things correctly and realize that we are no better than that other person you know the only thing 
that might be different about us is that maybe maybe we know the Lord and maybe they don't. But without the Lord, we would be exactly the same. We are the same. Sometimes even with the Lord, we are the same. We're still guilty of the same sins. We still do the same things. It's just we're trying. You know, we're trying not to. Uh, but that doesn't make us better than anybody else. And uh, we should not be doing this kind of judgment you know, just being judgmental in this kind of way either. And instead, Jesus sets us the other example. You know, defend people and, uh, you know, let's not condemn them, but let's try to help them. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. So he was there to watch over her just like he watches over us. He mediates for us with God. This could be taken as kind of an example. God is more merciful and just than, than these men. But Jesus was mediating for her, and he mediates for us with God. So that we do not get the judgment that perhaps we really deserve. Instead, we get mercy and grace. Because Jesus mediates for us, and God sees us through that lens or filter of Jesus so that he sees us as uh, one of his children. Alright, so we're going to continue on. Verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying... Now, this is in the temple, see? This is still in the temple, and, and I'm sorry if this, this should have been clear. This was in the temple because he was teaching when these people came in and interrupted. So now... Jesus speaks to them again, the folks he was teaching, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. Basically, Jesus is saying he is true, and he does have two witnesses. He has himself and God the Father. And he's also letting them know that their judgment is flawed because they're judging according to the world's judgment. They said to him, Therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. See, had they realized that he was talking about God, the Father, and maybe they did, they were already trying to arrest him and kill him, you know, that, that would have just been another thing. <clears throat> Pardon me. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. 
You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to them, Who are you? So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that what I have heard from him. And he's speaking about God the Father again. And he's also speaking of being the Messiah, and they're not understanding. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Verse 31. I, I, think the, I think the Pharisees and the rulers were still struggling with the idea that he would even be the Messiah at all. You know, and they just, they're just, you know, just not getting it. And, and they, truthfully, they, I don't think they wanted to get it. Um, they were already seeking, like I said, to uh, arrest him, kill him, get rid of him. They didn't like the crowd following him and believing in him. Verse 31, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words, no, my word, finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do you do what you have heard from your father so basically Jesus is saying that as sinners we are slaves to sin but the slave does not remain in the house forever the son remains forever and if the son sets you free Jesus being the son if he sets us free then we're free of sin we can be free of sin that's what he's letting them know and he's also saying, yeah, he knows they are the offspring of Abraham, yet they seek to kill him because, he says, my word finds no place in you. In their hearts, they do not believe and they do not, you know, want to accept that word that they are, you know, slaves to sin without him. Verse 39, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children... You would be doing what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing what your father did. Now you'll notice here that he had been talking to the Jews who had believed in him. Okay? So these were some Jews who had believed in him. This does not say this is the Pharisees and scribes in those. 
all right just wanted to make sure that's clear they said to him, I see, um, verse 41, You are doing what your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I come from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. <clears throat> Pardon me, hold on. <clears throat> verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and has nothing to do with the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So God is, I mean, so Jesus, well, yeah, God in the flesh. But if, so Jesus is explaining to them that they don't accept him and they don't hear and they don't, they don't realize that their father, who they're following, is actually you know, Satan, they're following the word, though the world's way, they're not really following God the Father like they should be. And it's kind of a roundabout way of talking, the way it reads to us now, but some of this is quite plain, because he's saying, you know, your father is is the devil, and your will is to do the father your father's desires, and he was a murderer from the beginning, and has nothing to do with the truth, because there's no truth in him. So, some of this is very straightforward, but some of it seems a little, you know, a little odd. Um, but their belief was they had their salvation through Abraham to God. And here Jesus is coming, that, that is changing, that covenant is changing, not going away, but it's being fulfilled. And uh, Jesus is trying to explain to them that uh, they are not truly listening to the word of God because they do not believe in him you know if I tell the truth why do you not believe me anyway verse 48 the Jews answered him are we not right in saying you are a Samaritan and have a demon and Jesus answered I do not have a demon but I honor my father and you dishonor me yet I do not seek my own glory there is one who seeks it and he is the judge Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets, okay, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? 
Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So Jesus was basically explaining to them that he was from God. And you notice, I mean, he's, he's trying to, he is explaining to them, he's not trying to explain to them, but he's telling them that he is from God, that he knows God. And this one statement here in verse 58, truly, truly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am, that is much like the Old Testament statement where God said, I am. You know, that was the name of God. Um, and so he's making himself equal to equal to God. And this is one thing that the, the Jews could not stand, especially the leaders of the Jews. And they pick up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Now he's standing right out in the open. How did he hide himself and go out? It doesn't say, this almost sounds like a little mini miracle in and of itself, that he just like, oh, time to go. Because it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't his time yet. Um, but he's explaining to them that he is, you know, the Messiah. He's saying he honors God. He does not seek his own glory. He's explaining to them that they would, they would never see death. But he was talking about spiritual things and spiritual death. And they're taking it in a very worldly sense and still thinking of Abraham as their father and the one they look to. So... You know, and he says that the Father, it is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But while they say he is their God through Abraham, they're not really following, they're not really following things correctly. And he's trying to, he's trying to get these points across to them. He is telling them this, but um, they are rejecting, you know, basically rejecting his word and what he's telling them. They don't understand this, these spiritual things that they should understand. So, alright, so that is chapter 8. That is chapter 8. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. And God bless you.